previously on the Nemesis Project. Yes, the Nemesis Project. <laughs> Yo, Resident Evil Six was fucking piece of shit, and then Resident Evil Five was like, ah, it's it's mixed. It's okay. Resident Evil Four is is like really good. Some people still don't like it, but it's a really good game. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and Resident Evil Village uh, was number one for me, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, you contacted the Pentagon. <laughs> Jill, you were almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> Whoa, that's all the way back in 1996. Oh, shit. Anyway, guys, welcome back. Uh, finally, we're back with a game. Uh, the last two episodes were uh, an animated movie and a live-action movie, uh, which, by the way, I watched again, and it still sucks. <laughs> so, if you're wondering, uh, if you watch it more than once, no, it doesn't... Uh, make it better uh but we're here for resident evil revelations uh the one with jill valentine chris redfield and uh other people <laughs> um and before we get into that zach how you doing uh you know been playing any other resident evil games or ge other games in general uh i'm doing pretty good uh i was doing a playthrough of RE1 again uh, a few weeks back mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of oh it was the, it was the 25th anniversary of, of Resident Evil 1 or whatever so I was doing that and then kind of stopped halfway through because I, I satisfied myself what little I played of it I was like okay I got other shit I gotta play and I've, I've been like on Big Trouble I've been saying I've been playing Final Fantasy 4 mm -hmm. some, and I'm also playing Tekken 3 on the side in like little spurts. Nice, nice. And that's kind of been me. And Windjammers 2 just came out, and I, I, I played around with that a little bit too. Windjammers 2 is amazing. Uh, and if you are on my Joe Dubs 35 channel, I had the second episode of X Dubs, uh, which is my Xbox exclusive show. And I, on the whim, just said, hey, I'm just going to play like a set. <laughs> and then I decided to play this guy, uh, lost the first round, and then came back and won the whole damn thing. That's uh, right. I almost did like a RVD kind of thing. I'm the whole damn show. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, we're going to get into some Resident Evil, guys. Uh, if you like this channel, and I know you guys have been watching this, uh, the Nemesis Project, out of all our podcasts, is the most popular one. Um, because one, Resident Evil is an amazing franchise. Uh, and also, the, our books episode is probably the best because there's not a lot of books podcast or youtube channel uh besides audiobooks where people are reading it um so we're getting a lot of traction on that but if you do love our game videos or our movie videos make sure you like and subscribe on youtube uh and also follow all the podcast audio stuff so let's get into the intro part of our podcast here where we talk about the development of resident Evil revelations um so what I found out is that there is a uh, game designer. Uh, I, I'm going to fuck up his name. Koshi Nakahashi. Nakahashi. Koshi. Yeah, he worked on Resident Evil 5. And uh, he worked on this game. And I was watching all the like game developer diaries for this game. Because apparently they did that back in the day. I wish more companies would still do that. They kind of do it in blog format now. 
and everybody has their own podcast now like all the the destiny 2 podcasts or that game podcast whatever yeah uh but they were explaining that you know this was coming off of resident evil 4 and 5 and you know obviously 4 is a, a masterpiece to most resident evil fans um so you know people love that game and then we got resident evil 5 and then we're just like what is this this is not what resident evil 4 was like at all and it's all goofy and stuff uh and then they wanted to ground it so that it would be back to its kind of roots but still be actiony which they do tackle really well um in my opinion uh, to me these games are <laughs> like kind of like the beta and alpha versions of what we're getting today as far as the resident evil 2 remake and resident evil 3 remake is because they have that over the shoulder thing uh obviously resident evil 2 and 3 remake are better <laughs> compared to this because you got to keep in mind they were building this for the nintendo 3ds and because they were just like, well, why did we keep it in one area on a handheld while we could just release this on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox? And eventually they did do that. Uh, and that, I mean, obviously I played mine on PC. So <laughs> I, I, I bought the 3DS version. I played it for a little bit. Uh, but we'll get into why I, I stopped playing it uh, later on. But that's what i read about developer wise and the marketing was here's this episodic resident evil game in your in your hands kind of thing that that's what they were shooting for but what'd you have yeah. for development wise um <clears throat> i had a further note about uh nakanishi here uh that he later directed resident evil 7 uh, after i guess this game i guess he didn't do revelations 2 either mm. uh there's no other notes about anything he's done he maybe moved on to other capcom projects in the time gap between those two games mm -hmm. uh I, there were a couple things that were well actually there was a note saying that several things were cut due to time and budget constraints numerous features was the quote uh this is from an old nintendo magazine online uh feature uh but nothing went into like high amounts of detail. They never said like what they cut. Mm. Uh, something was mentioned about a specific underwater weapon you could get in chapter eight from like Chris. And then there was something about how the final boss fight would take place on the remnants of Terra Grigia at the end where you see like all the fucking wreckage or some shit. Yeah. Uh, there was another FBC agent named Richard. <laughs> who was going to mutate and be an enemy that stalks Jill just like Rachel does. And it had the same sequence sequence of events that pretty much played out. Mm -hmm. uh, his code's still in the game, but nobody knows if uh, Rachel had a different role before, or they just decided to replace this Richard guy with her. Probably. Entirely. I think that's what happened really. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't know if it's much gain or loss. Somebody probably said, you know, there's a character in Resident Evil already called Richard. That would be confusing. And that's probably what happened. They're like, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that. Because then they'll be like, you mean Richard from Resident Evil 1? Or do you mean, like, Richard, the guy from Resident Evil Revelations? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you're right. Let's just come up with some other character. <laughs> yeah, speaking of characters, by the way, sorry to sidetrack you, but the helicopter guy 
uh, Kirk is the same helicopter guy from Resident Evil 5. So they, I guess they kind of continue a little bit of it. Oh, it was? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Huh. That's kind of neat, I guess. Mm. I, I miss Mike from Resident Evil 4. He was the best. Yes. He had all the jokes. He was like, yeah, man, you fucking whipping their asses. And then he gets, he explodes, and then Leon's really sad about it. <laughs> Mike! <laughs> um, anything else that you find uh, in the development-wise? No. Uh, and in terms of, like, we also do a thing about acting and actor changes and stuff. I also put character changes here. There's not that much that happened. Mm-hmm. There was Chris is still voiced by Roger Craig Smith at this point, who probably voiced him the longest out of anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Jill's actress in appearance changes again. She looks totally different. She has a totally different voice voice <laughs> actress again now. They've they've done Jill Valentine dirty in the series. Um, She's changed appearance like. I don't even know if it's fair to compare like how they look in the PS one games. Mm. I mean, the first one was in 95, 96 and they had a budget increase after that game. Mm -hmm. But like everything else after that, she kind of had the same appearance from Resident Evil one remake to Resident Evil one five. And uh, now it's like they changed her again and they changed her appearance again in the recent Resident Evil three remake. Yeah. But, at least I don't know. It felt higher budget, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with Joe Valentine, um, the after three, like they made her into like this special agent who's always wearing like a solid snake type of getup, uh, and. I never liked that part of Joe. Like I understand the BSAA, like her and Chris started it kind of, uh, and she's wearing some type of combat uniform but at the same time i'm just like what i love about the resident evil series is that everything is goofy and when you have the stuff from resident Evil one through three like you have the the bravo and alpha team and they're wearing all this like combat gear uh that that is like literally looks like the 90s and stuff because you're just like wow look at that that knife holder on it on the shoulder and stuff and then she's wearing a beret with shoulder pads like (laughs) those are that's cool but like this one is like trying to put like a serious edginess to it and be like oh she's military now she's she's militarized and i'm like no i don't like that well i don't really mind her outfits or anything Mm. because well, the, the one she's wearing, like, on land, like, when they're on the beach scanning those fucking flesh things. The vagina <clears throat> monsters. <laughs> yeah, whatever the fuck that is. She, she's basically wearing the same outfit she did in RE5 when you do the Lost in Nightmares thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus the hat that time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, when she's on the boat stuff, she's wearing, like, a wetsuit, which it's fucking raining and they're on the ocean. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Somebody else's wetsuit doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> but, uh, whatever. I, I don't really mind the outfits as much. Yeah, at first they were real anime, like in the early games. Mm. Felt very anime-ish in design. Yeah, uh, some of the characters in this game are very anime-ish. Like the one lady looks like a a Nazi soldier, like with the, the, the like pilot getup that like what a Nazi would wear. Um, the, uh, what's her name? Shit. Jessica. 
No, it's the other one. Uh, nobody. The one with Parker. That's Jessica. You sure it's Jessica? Yeah, that's just in a flashback, and her appearance is like just totally different there. Oh, okay. I thought those shorter hair. It's colored different, and yeah, she's wearing totally different clothes. It's it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, she's also not the same she doesn't have the same personality there either yeah I have things to say about Jessica <laughs> when we get to this story uh, but did we want to move to the meaty flesh of the show sure the uh, the uh, gameplay design discussion mm -hmm. I want to tackle this right away what was the point of the, like the biometer thing like the scanner like what was it like i get what they were trying to do with the 3ds i'm pretty sure that uh that uh device would look you know seem reasonable as far as what they're scanning but i hated that i had to scan it <laughs> or you didn't have to but if you want to know more about like the enemies and stuff you you would have to scan like every piece of sample that that went to like pudding after you killed them um because they all turned to pudding even the dogs <laughs> in the game they they went to like they melted and shit um that's one thing that i just didn't like uh about uh the game is that feature w what'd you think about it the genesis scanner yeah it's like uh it's like this really clunky thing where you s stop all momentum and you just like search the environment for like either the enemy corpses you just kill Sometimes you have to do that to like advance a plot or find like a key item. It's very rare that that happens. Uh, that only happens like a few times. Uh, but every other time you do it, it is going to be to fill up the percentage meter up top when you scan enemies. And when you do that, uh, you get another health tablet, a, he a heal. And, um, you find you can find them in the game, but now you get extra ones if you want to obsessively scan enemies all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you also find extra ammo that way in the environment, uh, and you don't have to do this necessarily, but there might be a couple times where you want to. Uh, I think originally they did this on the DS. Uh, this is my theory because I I couldn't find anything about this otherwise. Mm -hmm. I think they did this to save on resources to just of like, just have, cause of course your mind would think obviously like, why don't they just put the, the items out in the environments to just see them like in every other game? Mm -hmm. Well, it could have been originally on the DS. That was like kind of hard for it to do because I mean, really straight talk, like what they managed to accomplish on the 3DS with like the graphics and the environment was like really impressive. Uh, but it was pretty taxing, and they they did talk a couple times about little tricks they had to do to to get it to work and have like a decent frame rate. Yeah, because it it in order to find like rare or something like special items, you literally had to use the Genesis scanner, um, and that bothered me and i understand that they might have had to cut corners for that and i i get that i mean if, if you look at the beach scene i played on pc 
they're still using the same assets that they used for the 3ds so every all, all the fishes that were like showing up on the beach were all like 2d and flat um so obviously i understand that maybe uh development wise that uh had to cut corners in order to put items there um but i i just didn't like that it it's it threw the momentum f f of the game for me um where i was like oh wait i gotta stop i gotta make sure i'm not missing anything and i would do the scanner be like oh there's an item behind that shelf which is you could literally see through the shelf but somehow i had to use the scanner to get an item and yeah. and i'm like no don't do that <laughs> um the shooting in this game felt clunky at times and i wonder if that's because they had to change it from 3ds to a console or, or a pc now i know on the 3ds because i did play it on the 3ds they had it like uh, Resident Evil 4, where you had one like doing tank controls and then the other one doing the gun aiming and stuff. Um, so personally, I would rather have that <laughs> than what they did in the console and PC. And now you're probably saying, well, well Joe, that, that that's clunkier. I get that, but I'm used to that because me and you play classic Resident Evil games. We're used to that tank uh, controls and and shooting. When it comes to free aiming and over the shoulder like today, it's just it doesn't feel like a Resident Evil game. And I've I've always said that for most over the shoulder, like the ones that came out of uh, the remakes, it still has that kind of old school feel with the over the shoulder. This one felt like straight action. It did a little bit. Uh, I, I guess I just didn't have that much of a problem with it. Mm. Uh, I remember thinking when I first started playing, like, well, this feels a little different. I might have, like, went into controls and monkeyed with them a little bit. To mm. I should have done that. <laughs> and I, also, I was playing on PS3. That might have had something to do with it. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't really have any other issues with the controls. I mean, hey, you can move and shoot and, and reload. It very slowly uh, while you're aiming, but mm. you can do it. <laughs> a lot of people have complained about that since, like, uh, since this series started. Why can't you move and shoot? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like now, now that they did it, nobody cares. Nobody, nobody fucking cares about that when they put it in a game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'll tackle this as well. And I'm trying to get all the negatives out of it. There, there's the positives kind of, you know, balance it out a little bit. Uh, I don't know what it is about the early 2000s or, or like 2010 area where everything had to be episodic. I That's the one thing I hate about gaming. When, when Metal Gear started doing that um with the episodic thing where it's like oh end of episode and then you get credits and then you go to the next episode i don't understand why 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 was that so appealing to people uh when it comes to games like that why couldn't it just be one whole game <laughs> like why does it have to feel like a show like lost where it's like previously on lost or previously on resident evil revelations why well i think in you're talking about Metal Gear Solid 4 when you say that, right? 
Well, I'm thinking about Peace Walker and um, Peace Walker, and Metal Gear Solid Five. Well, did Five do that? I don't remember. Yeah. I just don't fucking remember that at all for some reason. Uh, but I didn't play Peace Walker, but I could say I could probably say to some extent on Peace Walker they probably did that. So just like on this game too, originally, uh, you could play the game in more manageable bite-sized pieces because it's for a handheld mm -hmm. uh you know you're, you're they're thinking about people that are like in the case of japan these are japanese games you're talking about people that get on the fucking crane and go to work and maybe oh, i got like 15 minutes to do a mission before i go home mm -hmm. and, and that's what this is here uh in that case of i guess metal gear solid 4 i think that was a technical thing or you know how it's like, oh, you do one, they load one big chapter, and it's like, hang on, take a break while you watch Snake smoke a cigarette. It's got to load all this shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will give a little leeway to Metal Gear Solid 4, because at least with Metal Gear Solid 4, you got acts instead of episodes. So, like, you do, like, Act 1, and I forgot the title, like, Old Snake or Act 2, like sundown or sun. yeah sun. yeah so i kind of forgive it a little bit on that because i understand with the ps3 <laughs> like that hideo kojima loves to like literally put the console to the limit and in order to have that huge ass game on that console uh was putting the you know sm snake smoking a cigarette and be like hey you need to go out and get a drink of water like it was giving you health tips while you were playing the game and I, i'm okay with that but i'm not okay with when you have a menu screen like peace walker or even resident evil 5 when you're doing like these chapter things like and resident resident evil 4 started it kind of well no i i digress they did uh where they were doing like these chapter things and i'm like just give me the whole game i if you want to put it in acts I'm fine with it being an axe, but when you're putting in chapters, you're making me stop, and then I have to do the items, uh, upgrades and stuff. Put the upgrade stuff in the game. Go to the guy that, what are you buying? And and be like, I want to upgrade my pistol. And then you would do it there. Uh, I don't like being stopped. Maybe because I'm older now. I, I, I'm a grumpy old man yelling at the sky. Be like I, I don't have time for this you know stopping and stuff let me keep on going let me get more out of the game uh and i'm that type of person <laughs> that would literally play a game with just one gun <laughs> if i had to like if i had like an m16 with and just finding bullets and i'm killing people i'm fine with that uh but i understand the rpg of some people who are like oh, i want to try out the rocket launcher i want to try this out i want to see if i put more time into uh my upgrades of dodging zombies i get that i do but i'm the type of person i like to play a game hard by not upgrading anything and trying to brute force it uh through but with the episodic thing again i agree what you're saying on a handheld literally you're not going to be playing an eight hour game while you're on a toilet or just in one sitting so having an episodic where it's like, oh, you play chapter one and then you get back to it maybe in five days and you want to be recapped uh, about the episode, you get that show type of feeling, be like previously on this. But to me, 
I don't like chapters. <laughs> that's my opinion. I guess so. I mean, uh, that's I guarantee you that's probably more what their line of thinking was about it. And they do it in Re- Resident Revelations 2 as well. And in the case of that game, that was more influenced by how episodic gaming as an idea was bigger in the early 2010s because you had like telltale games and Mm -hmm. shit and other people were kind of trying that again and they were like well maybe we can if i remember correctly that was like the primary motivation behind them even trying to do a sequel Mm -hmm. was that they thought they could like offset development costs and move numbers around away uh using that method that it would work uh, yeah, but in this case, in the case Beast Walker, yeah, it's just primarily for like convenience purposes, really. Okay. Well, what about you? What, what, what? Before we get into some pod, positive, I guess, what bothered you about the gameplay in this game? Um, there's like a few things. Like, it's not all negative uh, or, or anything. I wouldn't even necessarily say there's a lot of negative. There's just a few things. Hmm. Like, uh, we talked about the Genesis Skater. That was already kind of, like, a bigger thing. That thing also re- reminded me of, like, Detective Vision and, like, the Arkham games. Yeah. Kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. There's differences between the handheld and console version, I noticed. Just looking online. Because mm-hmm. I never owned it for 3DS. I was gonna buy it, like, just after I got a 3DS. And, uh... Then I found out, I was like, oh, we're they're going to port them to PS3 and 360 uh, next year or something. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not buying it now. <laughs> um, but, like, the 3DS has nice graphics. Uh, and when this gets ported to consoles, even though it's, like, up-resed, it's really subpar looking. <laughs> like, I don't know how it looks on PC. I don't know if there's mods that... F- pretty it up a little better or whatever yeah it looks better um and i actually am i actually looked at videos three for 3ds that time was amazing uh when i when i first i was like holy shit this is amazing it's in my hand like not not a lot of games you could say like it's it looks amazing it kind of reminds me of what they're doing today but like the switch but like oh my god it's in my hand you know looks looks good in a handheld so when, when that happened it was good like i said before there's some assets that they take from 3ds where they have to cut corners in playstation 4 and and, and pc but they do up it and they do make it look good um so it does have a good look to it i mean in the case of taking the assets uh a lot of that's going to depend on if they kept the original assets and then some of that might also be like shit i can't use the same asset because it was on a little ds chip or something or they lost it because japan's notorious for not keeping <laughs> i don't know why. code for any of their fucking games because they just <laughs> that's just their weird culture i don't know <laughs> but uh yeah like when it's ported up the backgrounds and level design are kind of subpar the character models can look okay sometimes they look rough uh Sometimes they look like PS2 characters, almost. <laughs> uh, I noticed on 3DS, the top screen 
kind of serve for like general gameplay while the bottom was like the map and the inventory yeah uh, i really like that about the uh handheld version um the pc and console thing i didn't dig the menu system the menu system was <laughs> this is gonna sound like fucked up a little bit too simple for me <laughs> Like, when I think of a Resident Evil menu system, I'm like, I, I need to, like, actually look what I'm doing in the menu system and the inventory system. So, like, when I saw the uh, PC and, and console inventory and menu system, I'm like, this is way too simple, but it is what it is. It's for casual gamers. This was a uh, better version of what was in RE6 because it had kind of a similar idea. Yeah. Where it's like... Except it would let you switch guns out too, or, or just not keep them at all. But instead of being like stupid about like, oh, now now you have four guns, that's awesome, right? Nope, that actually just means you can carry less ammo for all guns. Yeah. <laughs> and, and instead, no, it's like no, each gun just has its own ammo pool. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. like, at least they didn't do something dumb like that. Um, it looked like there was also a first-person aiming mode on the 3DS version. I never. Took out. Yeah, I never really got to dive into that, but I've heard about it. Yeah, like honestly, uh, after I was, I was doing some research just to make sure we covered all our bases on this, I was like, I kind of wanted to try the 3DS game uh, after reading about some of these differences and stuff. Uh, console version also has di di Abyss difficulty, which is just really fucking hard. I yeah. Guess. Uh, raid mode characters, extra raid mode characters that the handheld version didn't have. Mm -hmm. Which so that's cool. Um, let's see, we kind of covered the over the shoulder perspective, slower pace with slower en enemies to fight. Usually, I have to ask you this question: Is this the first Resident Evil game that we actually see swimming? Because I want to get if you want to get technical, no. Because that's Resident Evil 4. <laughs> Remember when you get knocked off the boat in the lake from the Delago? Yeah, yeah, but... He's like, swim! And you have to, like, hit A and swim really fast. Technically. All right, let me rephrase that. Was there any Resident Evil game where you're pretty much deep diving into the water? Because Revelations does that. And I was like, whoa, this kind of feels like a Tomb Raider kind of feel to it. Like a... Uh, I, I'm bringing back Metal Gear. Metal Gear Solid 2, where you have to like go through the the shell when it's underwater, kind of has that feeling to it. And I was like, that, that that's kind of different. I kind of I like when uh, Capcom takes something old and brings the survival horror, but adds new elements to it. And if you think about it, being underwater with these monsters is a new element of horror. <laughs> in a Resident Evil game. Um, yeah, as far as I know, like, that's probably been the only time that you swim, maybe, unless there's, like, swimming segments and Gaiden. I don't even know how they could fucking do that. <laughs> uh, but, which I am, uh, which I am gonna buy, by the way. Yeah, gonna, maybe we'll do a Gaiden video someday. Yes. Uh, but, the swimming controls were fucking weird, though, in this game, I noticed. Like, it took me a little bit to get used to that. Mm -hmm. It felt all fucking backwards, and it was like, no matter what I could do, it, it 
I couldn't feel totally comfortable with it. I just, it just got to the point where after I played so long, I kind of got used to it. Dude, I played so many games that have swimming mechanics and I still don't know how to do it. But it, like every time I get through a level, I feel accomplished. So I like it. It's a positive for me. <laughs> at least in, I'll say this for two Raider games, at least newer ones. Actually, even the old ones do it fine. The swimming controls are always fine in those games. Mm -hmm. So. Those talk to those people. They know how to make a character swim in water. Yes. Uh, let's see. So I feel like somewhere in this game they kind of strike the ground between pre RE four and post RE four in terms of like the atmosphere and the gameplay. Mm -hmm. Somewhere it's like they're trying to hit that medium and they kind of hit it. Yeah. Uh, the dodge mechanic is kind of dodgy. It yeah. doesn't work all the time. It's kind of like Resident Evil 3, except it feel it doesn't feel as awesome when you do it in uh, Resident Evil 3. I got to ask you this. The first part where Jill wakes up in the bed in, in the ship and like that monster is in the room. How many times did it did you have to do that? Uh, Once. Fuck, man. It literally <laughs> it literally took me 30 tries. Because I didn't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> I, would... I, I guess I just remembered it was all. <laughs> okay, because I, uh, I I went into the bathroom. I got the screwdriver. I'm like, oh, fuck, screwdriver. All I just need to do is do the, the control panel and stuff. And this monster comes, and I'm like, all right, I just need to quickly do the control panel and get the fuck out. No, I didn't know that you have to, like, dodge and trick him to, like, put his head through the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah somehow I, I remembered oh yeah he's supposed to like fucking hit the tv mm -hmm. but whatever it's kind of silly yeah um let's see uh gun customization was cool yes um you can like there's i mean that's they're carrying that over from like re4 and 5 mm -hmm. uh this time you get little parts it's like they're kits and they do different things. You can shoot faster. You can charge a shot. You can uh, have more bullets. Sometimes there's burst. Mm -hmm. All kinds of different stuff. Uh, that's one positive. Uh, the episode thing we kind of discussed already. Uh, you switch characters too. You don't just play as Jill with Parker. You also play as Chris with Jessica. And then you play as Keith with Quint. By the way, <laughs> underrated characters. I love them, even though they're so stupid. Um, You're kind of silly. But yeah. I was like, this is the goofiness of Capcom that I like, where they have these two characters. You're like, man, I was just sitting on the desk, and I was put into this, like, snow level. <laughs> and I'm like, I like this. It was a nice touch. It was comedic. Um, which, by the way, story-wise, uh, I forgot which person got it like a, a promotion uh and then the other guy's like no nah, i don't want a promotion i'll just keep on doing like r d work <laughs> i think it was keith got a promotion yeah i fucking like forgot that they survived it and for some reason in my head all this time after i finished the game i thought they died mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh they lived okay like i, I could have sworn they died it was the Some, uh, it's the explosion. Like every time you see the explosion, you're like, "Oh, those are the characters that we know less about. They're dead, but no, they they're alive." <laughs> Mandela effect there. Mm -hmm. uh, when you play as Jill, game progresses kind of more in a traditional RE sense a little bit. Yes. 
it's less actiony. It's more like you're trying to figure out where the fuck to go and what the fuck to do. <laughs> well, and there's there's some puzzles even if they're kind of boneheaded. Yeah. Well, what I like about in the beginning of the game is like you're put on this ship, and you're just like you're dealing with this terrorist organization, and you're just like, what's happening? Why is these uh, silent? <laughs> that's a little jab right here for Capcom. These monsters, these new ones that we see kind of look like silent hillish to me, um, compared to a resident evil. Cause they look like snot monsters and stuff that have like chainsaw for arms. And they just look very silent hillish because they look more demons than actual mutations. Um, yeah. And think about that. That's a good point. Like I never really thought about it that way. Yeah, so like when I saw it, I was like, hmm, I was like, this is interesting because I love Silent Hill, so I'm not complaining, but it's kind of weird seeing that. But like you're dealing with this new enemy, you're in tight hallways, and that's what I loved about in the beginning of the game. You were in these tight-ass hallways uh, fighting these monsters, and especially when you're going into areas where you have to like zigzag and stuff. I was like, this is cool. This is what I want in a Resident Evil game. If you want to make it a hybrid of action and and survival horror, so far this has the touch. But then it like kind of falls apart a little bit when you're starting to like move around with characters. But every time it got to Jill, I was happy playing Jill. Yeah, it's when you play as everybody else, honestly, the gameplay gets more action oriented. Mm-hmm that's honestly the way it is you play as chris it's like you're fighting a lot more enemies and then when you play as keith it's the same thing you fight like a lot of enemies and then when you play as parker especially in those flashbacks you're just fighting fucking hunters mm-hmm. it's like an army of hunters you do that twice <laughs> uh but what else do i got here uh i wasn't a fan of having the part like <laughs> This could get a little nitpicky, but I don't like having partner characters. Like, it's like ever since after Resident Evil Five, they were like obsessed with that for mm. like four games. It's like you always have to have a partner character with you, and in this case, it's like they're the they're useless because nobody can just jump into a game and play them. Mm-hmm. It's not like RE Six where it's like, well, they're there because somebody could just hop into the game and play with you. Uh, they don't really do anything of value. Like, they don't really do damage. They don't do meaningful damage. You don't have to babysit them and watch their inventory and everything. It's just like it takes away from the uh, the atmosphere, though. I will say about this, because I tried to think about this hard, uh, but with Resident Evil 5 with Shiva or Sheva, what was her, like, she didn't have, like, a impact in the story like at least in resident Evil revelations every partner had somewhat of an impact uh you had parker who had that flashbacks with jessica and then uh was he, the red hair guy named raymond am, am i saying yeah, so he has like history with that so it's kind of like in the main story of revelations and jessica who again we'll talk about the story soon like she's this double triple agent uh she has a story uh and then obviously the other two comedic guys they somewhat have of a story as well so i give credit to revelations for that but as far as like 
Resident Evil 5 and Re Resident Evil 6, they they just like, oh, we're just going to add this character here, and if anybody wants to co-op, they can. And yeah, uh, I mean, you can maybe, like, Sheva's story is kind of odd, because it's like she's the brand new partner for Chris, and I don't know what you could argue her impact is on the story, other than uh, she helps Chris. <laughs> yeah well the, the, th the thing is like the impact with her is like she's a new partner and she's kind of like the ambassador for africa for chris <laughs> um you know because she's a, a native there so like that's what i got out of her throughout the whole story obviously she grows on me later on but at the same time there wasn't a big impact compared to what revelation characters you have yeah, like, and it wasn't necessarily a dig at these characters. It's just that uh, if there's no point in having somebody with you, why have them with you? Mm. <laughs> so, like, like those little segments in some of the old games where you're with somebody, like, that's fine. And honestly, in Jill's game, you do get split up more usually, and it's okay when that happens. Yeah. Because it feels kind of like, oh, this is like before when you didn't have everybody with you, somebody attached to your hip all the time. Uh... There's, I already talked about swimming. Creature design is subpar, and there's mostly unmemorable bosses with a couple of exceptions. Yeah. Everything's just these blobby, fishy, white things. It's like you got people, these weird shambling dudes that, ha when they grab you, a tube comes out of their head to suck on you or something. And I, dogs. <laughs> I always. I always make this thing because Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6, I always give credit because they always tried to stick to a template. Like, they have the zombies, but sometimes they change around like, all oh, these are, uh, you know, people with parasites in them for Resident Evil 4. And then same thing with, like, Resident Evil 5. It's natives with this Ouroboros thing that pops out of your head. And that's fine. But, like, after that, Resident Evil games started, like, getting all wonky with their characters. It kind of looked like they just took a piece of paper and made a swiggly line and put eyes and, like, a, a claw like a lobster and said, hey, this is a monster now. Um, and I've always hated when they do that. And that's why I kind of... And when we get to Resident Evil 7, I am going to make that same argument again where they're just like, oh, what if, like, mold was a monster and we just had this giant mold thing? And I, I didn't like that. That's why I kind of liked Village a little bit more because you have the lichens and you have these different varieties of enemies that kind of make sense a little bit to the environment uh, while other games are just like, let create this Pokemon <laughs> character creature thing and just throw it in there. And I, I, I never liked that. No. And then like they throw some, they throw hunters back in, you know, mm -hmm. that's classic. Uh, some of the bosses were cool though. Like the, like Jessica and the uh, communications officer. Although it's weird. Cause he's got weird fucking bus all chainsaw arms. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but like it's interesting because like they retain like just a sliver of like their intelligence or their personality whatever it is so you like they talk they'll like actually communicate a little bit yeah 
It, or, uh, Rachel especially is like kind of creepy because you hear her like crying and shit. And you're like, where the fuck? Where's that coming from? Because she'll she'll there's a spot where like she's chasing you. You have to fight her off, and then she runs away when you do enough damage to her. Mm-hmm. And then like you, you you keep progressing, and then like she'll try to attack you again. And you you, you basically just have to listen to her sobbing or laughing at you or shit. It's it's kind of cool. Um, the tyrant is ridiculous in this game. What is that? Like it's Jack Norman as a tyrant, except he can like teleport. teleport. <laughs> he can create illusions. Yeah. <laughs> I use a fake one and a real one. He uses the after image technique. I thought about this cause I'm like, he's literally doing a move like a street fighter move, like a, a dalsum teleportation before he like, <laughs> he punches you or something. And I'm, anime, his power level has increased. His spirit energy grew. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I was like, this is tyrant if he had, like, alien powers. <laughs> like, his, his face opens up and, like, light comes out of it. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I, I give him credit because I was like, wow, that's a big motherfucker. And, you know, he's doing this teleportation thing. It's new. It's definitely new, but it's not Resny. <laughs> Like it's an it's an bison shadow loo tyrant. A virus wouldn't do this unless it's an alien virus. Hey, he's been he's been underwater trapped in that boat for a fucking year taking viruses. <laughs> so that was the result. It was like a slow it was a slow burn. It was like when you smoke a turkey or something. I just love like Again, we'll get into the story, but the plot is like he still thinks he's working for that. Uh, I forget that guy's name. The guy with the beard, the the main villain guy. Uh, I have his name down here, Lansdale. Lansdale. He's like, you're working for Lansdale. I'm gonna inject myself with the virus and become this tyrant. It's like, no, bitch. We're we're on your side. We're gonna expose him. And he's like, nah, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> it's too late. Yeah. That's all. That's all my gameplay design notes I got, really. Yeah, so I guess we'll, we could move on to the story. I know you want to tackle this. Um, I'm going to quickly give my opinion on the story. Story's f- okay. Um, I like that there is a common villain, uh, which is Lansdale. And he's kind of being like this politician guy. Like, oh, the FBC is amazing and stuff and i want to like point out the outrage of like oh there's hunters or there's like bow's in the city the only thing we could do is just destroy it with our satellite thing and destroy the city and kill all the people and they're just like we did our job we did success we killed the bow's it was it was the raccoon city incident all over again yeah they had to they had to nuke it that yeah like uh, that's kind of like the setup to this whole game is they show you like there was a terra grigia disaster and uh, i don't know like some fucking people or some corporations made a island nation mm-hmm. and it was like powered by solar energy i guess it had like a giant solar satellite or whatever and then through government chicanery or whatever, they they orchestrated this BOW attack, and then they yeah they destroyed the city with the satellite. It was all part of the plan, uh, and we go from there. And this is like, and just that setup is like kind of crazy. 
Mm. Like, see, the, the story starts Jill and Parker are ordered by their commander in the BSA, Clive O'Brien, to search for Chris and his partner, Jessica, who've gone missing on a mission, which leads them to a cruise liner where you spend most of the game, the Queen's Zenobia. Mm. Meanwhile, Chris and Jessica are looking for leads on Veltro, a bioterrorist organization that carried out the original attack on Terra Grigia like a year ago. Mm. These two separate missions are going on, and then a third team is sent out, which is Keith and Quit, to find information about the investigation in general. And like they're looking for like some kind of lead or like some kind of break. And then Jill and Parker are doing their thing, and then they run into like Raymond, who's like an old acquaintance of Parker's. He used to be like a rookie security agent back on the Terragrigi attack, which they show you with like flashbacks and shit. And then you learn uh, like you play as Parker during that. It's like, are you following all this so far? (laughs) (laughs) Then eventually it's revealed that there's another boat that's a sister boat to Queen Zenobia and it's called the I guess I didn't write it down. They, they find they, there's another boat and then Chris and Jessica go to that boat to try because they think they're going to find Jill and Parker there and they lose communication or whatever. And it turns out they're on the wrong boat and that boat's the queen Samaramis. There it is. I did write it down mm-hmm. <laughs> on the Zenobia. It's flooding and they find out Chris isn't there anyway. That was something that happened really far in the beginning. It was a dummy and they get gassed and shit. <laughs> They have to escape the boat because it's flooding, and then somebody activates that old satellite, the, the solar satellite that destroyed the Terra Grigia. Now it's targeting the Zenobia, and they have to launch a fucking UF, a UAV to spread chaff to throw off the satellite. <laughs> and then they manage to save the boat that's sinking, but a wave hits and it knocks the boat over anyway from where the satellite misses. <laughs> and then the Goob Squad, Quentin Keith, discover it on a computer that O'Brien and their boss who orchestrated this whole thing with the Veltro reemergence and some other stuff, and then they get bombed by an airstrike. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's still going. This is no sink, and Chris and Jessica show up finally on the right boat to try to save the others. And then there's like a standoff, because Jessica reveals her, that she was a mole the whole time. She was a, a double agent, and then she shoots Parker, and there's a self-destruct sequence she sets off. And then Chris and Jill lose Parker because he's injured and the, sh- the ship's falling apart and it's exploding. Yeah. And they have, what were you going to say? The, 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 the whole swerves in this game, uh, it was like Vince Russo, by the way, if anybody's a wrestling fan, Vince R- Russo is like a swerve guy. Like there's always a swerve in an angle. Like you have Parker who you think is dead, by the way, because like he... You know, he drops him into the the fire, but then he's alive because he gets saved by Raymond, and you're just like, "Whoa, he's still alive!" And I'm like, that type of character should be dead. <laughs> Probably should have died, but like, uh, they have to. They realize they have to neutralize the T Abyss virus in the ship because there's a secret lab in the fucking ship, mm-hmm. and if the ship explodes and that virus gets out, it would like destroy the whole world. Uh. So they have to go under there and then fucking stop, neutralize the virus. And then they figure out that this guy Lansdale, who's like head of the FBC, is behind all this shit because he like fucking transmits himself on the computers there and admits that, yes, you've discovered my 
secret lab and you're discovering all this information, but I'm going to kill you all so it doesn't get out. Aha. <laughs> and then they get away and then O'Brien tells him that this whole thing was like an attempt to get evidence against Lansdale, who was behind all this. And then, but there's a third ship, a secret third ship, the Queen Dido, which was there that day, the, that fateful day when Terragrigia was attacked. But it sank. It got sank because of incriminating evidence. And now they have to go to the other boat. Yeah. <laughs> Lansdale comes in, he arrests O'Brien because he's like fucking trying to get him in trouble. Mm, like a fall guy. Chris Jill go to the Dido and they find it's pretty much abandoned. Somehow it's like sunk under the sea, but like there's still parts of it that you can like get in there dry. Mm. <laughs> they find Jack Norman there, the guy who's like the head of Veltro. He's still alive somehow, like a year later. Hey, he's like sitting on like a, a throne in the ship that's like half of it's underwater a little bit. Like they don't explain that at all. I guess when you take T-Abyss virus, you don't need to eat. I don't know. But they try to tell him, like, no, we're here to get Lance out. And he's like, yeah, I've been waiting here too long. Fuck it. And then he takes more T-Abyss and he turns into a tyrant. They fight him. And when he dies, he's like, here's this PDA. Here's this pub. Here's a Palm Pilot from 2004. It'll tell you everything. Blah, he dies. Well, <laughs> he kind of drops it. And then Jill picks it up, and then he's like, nah, bitch, you, I'm going to fight you. And then he, like, hits the virus in him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, somehow, like, they get that info out from there, even though it's, like, 2004 or five, and that's, like, impossible. Mm. <laughs> O'Brien gets released. Lansdale is arrested. The FBC is dissolved. Huzzah! And at the end of it all, it shows Parker was saved by Raven. He survived the explosion. Somehow Raven fucking dragged his ass to a beach or some shit. And then another step. Huh? Another swerve. I, I I'm pretty sure you're getting to it. But there's like a scene with Raymond and fucking Jessica, and they were triple agents for Tricell. <laughs> I guess it was Tri. They didn't specifically say it was Tricell. Mm -hmm. I'm so guessing it it's Tricell. Yeah, like. Yeah, that was something that... Because that's the end of the game, actually. Mm. Uh, it shows uh, O'Brien quits because he's taking responsibility for what happened. Uh, Quit Keith survived the carpet bombing somehow. Mm -hmm. Chris and Jill go to the Spencer estate again, like in the Lost of Nightmares DLC. It's, it shows that that's what happens. and This is the post-credit sequence where like Jessica's in a cafe and then Raymond shows up and He's got the T virus, T abyss virus. He gives her the sample. And then she's like, why'd you say Parker? And he's like, I had my reasons. And that's it. Yeah. That's all. And I'm like, that's the ending. Please, <laughs> kind of can ending. you can you tell me this? Is Parker in Revelations 2? No. He never oh. shows up again. None of these fucking characters ever show up again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Except in raid mode, if you want to get that. <laughs> uh, like, that whole story. That's. That's the story of this game, though. It's like all this shit, this twisty, turny stuff with like all these different characters is like in a Resident Evil game. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's like too much. It's like too much of this. There's a lot of cutscenes of them talking. 
and, and then like they go to the office they're at the the, the bsa office and they're all talking there and there's a lot of talking about what we're going to do and what we have to do mm-hmm. uh and it's to me it's too much tell in this game <laughs> not enough show but people like being talked at i guess i don't know people love it ex- people love exposition <laughs> I'm okay with it, but there has to be a good, good amount. It has to be done well. To me, it was just so pedestrian. Mm-hmm. It's not even like people like to bitch about. Oh, Metal Gear! They tell you a bunch of stupid bullshit on Kodak, but it's like interesting bullshit. Yeah. To me, like this isn't as interesting. Like the the whole mystery they set up is like who's behind all this, and then when you learn who's behind it all, it's like not really. The game's still not over for a little while. <laughs> it takes a little bit to get there. My argument, and I know this is Metal Gear, but like when they do the Kodak thing, like you always think like what the characters are actually thinking about what's happening in the story. And you kind of get that side dialogue compared to like a cutscene. Because the cutscene is pretty much, you know, the main story. It's giving you the whole thing. And then the Kodaks are just kind of expositionist but it's also kind of being like colonel why am i here and all that stuff and it's like he's questioning things it, it kind of fox. yeah colonel that ninja was great fox deep throat gross <laughs> um yeah the story is a doozy um it's crazy um it kind of reminds me of early marvel in a way Maybe that's what they were trying to, like, get at a little bit. But like, oh, we're going to do all this crazy shit and then have, like, a post credit scene. It's, like, really twisty-turry. I wouldn't say labyrinthine necessarily, but it doesn't justify it. Mm. There's just not enough going on. <laughs> it's like, let's try to have, like, a, a, a story that... Uh, will justify this whole previously on Resident Evil Revelations almost like they're trying to do a TV show. Yeah. But it, it, it wasn't. It was, was kind of like not quite hitting the mark for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I guess that's what I'm trying to say about the story. The story's kind of blah. They try really hard to do it this one way and it doesn't really work because Resident Evil stories are best when they're kind of understated and there's more like uh there's more interaction between the characters sparingly. Like, instead of always giving you that interaction constantly, it's better when it only happens in, like, these brief spurts. Mm-hmm. We, it's like, it's almost like a reward. Like, oh, like, you know how it used to be a reward when you would see the uh, the CGI cutscene or something? Yeah. Yeah, these the, the interaction, like, and they even do that right in some of these newer games, like in RE8. It's like, there's not a lot of talking there's only talking when you're able to get there to that point <laughs> it's just and you get to see it happen mm-hmm. uh but yeah unless you got something else to say that's all i gotta say about the story no you you nailed it well i gave my point somewhere i was just like what is happening here <laughs> <laughs> what is all this yeah. just all I was, like, I, it's funny because the first time i played this game i i had because i wrote a review for this game uh, back when I played it the first time. And uh, I think it was dated for 2013 or something. Mm-hmm. 
and like I read my review and I had a lot more of a positive like vibe in my review about it even saying the story was good and stuff and I don't really feel that way about it now necessarily not that it's bad it's just kind of like they really really tried hard to do it in this one way and it didn't really work yeah I I always give the thing of like they were trying to like cater to old school Resident Evil gamers in a way and after coming off of five and six or at least five and they're just like all right here's a game that's kind of still actiony but it still has the survival horror and maybe that's why it was like oh this is a breath of fresh air again because we're getting what we you know want is a survival horror but then it's like nah <laughs> it's it's it has that survival horror as far as the hallways and the limited ammo but at the same time it's still very resident Evil 5-esque in my opinion i had that in my review actually that i was going on a little bit about how it's like man compared to re5 and 6 this is like this is like they threw me a a, a, a turkey leg or something mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was just i was so happy to have that at the time it, it it's it, yeah my had some uh some blinders on you can say yeah but let's get into some bonus modes i guess the only bonus mode is raid right uh yeah um and you can there's new game plus yeah if you want to mention that i guess you could uh and i mean there's not much to say it's typical new game plus you get all your items and shit and it's it's, it's fine mm. um raid mode is like where the business happens though <laughs> like honestly it's like yeah the, the the standard game by itself if that would have just been the whole package in new game plus it would have been like this game's okay i guess mm-hmm. but raid mode is like i said this before i was like raid mode is like mercenaries and extreme battle on steroids yeah it's like it's like such a much bigger extra mode or like a, a, an idea or something more than like what those games are Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you got a bunch of characters you can pick from and they all have different strengths and weaknesses with like weapons uh, and you get this massive amount of like weapons you can customize and upgrade and change and there's stuff there's stuff you can get in raid mode that you can't even actually get in the game mm-hmm. like a giant joker revolver he shoots the batwing down with and <laughs> <laughs> the original Batman movie. There's a gun that looks like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all kinds of different assault rifles and shit. And there's there's a bunch of levels in this. There's like I don't know how many because I've never actually done it all the way through. I've uh, heard like eleven or twelve. Well, there's a there's the abyss. There's like a what? There's like a regular. Then there's chasm. And then there's abyss. So there's like three difficulty layers. Mm-hmm. If you want to get technical, it's more than that. Because it's like, you know, you're, you'll be probably doing it in repeat environments that are recolored or some shit, but. Mm-hmm. I, I had more fun game. playing Raid than the actual game. That's. That's something. <laughs> and then, like, it's better, too, also, if you can play with somebody. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. This is where you can actually play the game with somebody is in Raid mode. Yeah. Uh, and I guess on PC, that's probably still possible, or even like on PS4 or uh, Xbox, maybe even Switch. I don't know. I don't even know if there's a Switch 
Maybe. I don't know. There's there's a Switch version. I just don't know if there's co-op in it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that helps, too, when you can play with friends. It's, it's more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this game didn't have raid mode, it would be poorer for it. Yeah. If it didn't have raid mode, I think I'd probably be like, yeah. This game is feels very gutted, in my opinion. Uh, because, one, they're bringing a handheld game to a console and a PC. And then not having raid on there, it's kind of like, oh, you just... I How I can compare it and it's going to sound very ignorant is like you know when you get a mo- uh, a game that's made for mobile but like gets pushed to consoles in a way um yeah. that's how i feel with like handheld games when handheld games become get pushed to console it's very it's going to sound ignorant cheap in a way so like them adding raid and putting time into that i was happy for that well uh, the the handheld version had raid mode too, though. Did it? They just exp- yeah, they just expanded on it more. They just added characters and I think extra difficulty level. Oh, I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it yeah yeah raid mode was in the original game. Mm-hmm. They made it with. It's funny they were talking about like the whole idea behind it was like yeah, <laughs> it sounds so simple, but it's like you can believe it. It's like oh, we just thought it'd be fun if you could like play together like in the same room just sitting there with your ds mm. and i'm like yeah that's a, that's such a dirt simple explanation that i, I totally believe that <laughs> <laughs> it's just but yeah uh so it, it's just that you won't have certain characters if you were to play it on the handheld like i don't think you can get lady hunk and if i remember right i don't think rachel's unlockable or, or there's like or it might have been ooze rachel mm-hmm. one of the rachels um how about memorable files? <laughs> um, only one that points out to me that I kind of like liked a little bit is the uh, piece of of a manifesto, um, which is in the projector room in the airport building on episode five dash one. Um, it talks. I'll read it really quickly um, because it's not a lot. It says, Destiny, I do not mean to sound flippant, is made before we get a say and is the will of a higher power. The impure will not be cursed and it's destiny to be torn by the fangs of the hounds. I cannot spare sympathy for the victims of the world. They are the ones who created it. It is the same world uh, that robbed uh, this dog of its bite. No longer will I howl. I will sharpen my fangs. No longer will I roar. I will sharpen my claws. All you get what it's going here. <laughs> we are Veltro. It's someone from Veltro, and I wonder uh, if this was planted or this was actually a terrorist in there. Because remember, all the the main reason why uh, the guy's like trying to blow up everything is like he's trying to blow up all the evidence in a way. Um, but I, I, that sticked out to me a little bit. Cause I'm like, Oh man, he's being a fucking poet in his manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, a couple, mm-hmm. but to me, it's like the, the notes and the memos in this game aren't as good as others. Because everything's being explained to you. Yeah. And it, yeah, they kind of lose their impact, but they're not written as well either. Like some of them come off like really silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like. Okay, here, th- these are like, this will show 
like what I mean. I, I've got two examples here. One is note left in front of the emergency comm room. <laughs> and it says, this is crap. The <laughs> ship is crawling with freaks and monsters. I'm going to the promenade because at least I can find food there. <laughs> Anyone who's still alive can beat me up there. You know where to find me. I'm not going out like that. I can promise you that. Hope I'm not the only survivor. Your friendly neighborhood comms officer. Like, what the fuck's that? That's <laughs> it's like this but that reminds me of like when people make like those uh those different zombie movies or shows and they do like a a cutesy pie fucking smart ass take on it. Mm. Well, being in a zombie apocalypse kind of sucks, right? <laughs> like that's kind of like what it comes off like. I'm like. What the fuck is this? This dude really? He's stuck on a boat with fucking monsters. That's his reaction. <laughs> I I thought about this because of all the exposition that happens in this game. It's kind of like the developers like, oh shit, we've got to put documents in this game, and they just started like making weird stuff and just putting in it as documents. It's like he was more irritated about this situation than like worried. Yeah. <laughs> and then like here's his journal like for where he's just like you know locked up in that promenade he's like day one I made the right decision coming here I've got food and beverages that last me for a long time I can still hear those things out there clawing on my door looking for prey too bad they ain't getting in here I have no idea if anyone else is still alive I know I'm gonna make it through this alright day two shit those damn things got in through the air duct, but I put them all down before they could do any real damage. I've trained for this, and I trained hard. That's <laughs> off to me. Good thing I was up when it happened. No more deep sleeps for me. And then he's like, day three, after yesterday's surprise party, I've been able to sleep awake. My nerves are frayed. I wish I wasn't the only one here. Pretty tired today. Don't feel well. Better not get sick. I shouldn't move. Need to conserve energy. Just hang in there. <laughs> and he's like I think this is day four I got a fever I hope these monsters don't find me like this I'm so out of it am I infected is it just a cold there's a big lump on my head it hurts wish I had someone to talk to so alone how many days is it I found someone to talk to so happy he's very funny tells lots of jokes lots they're funny I laugh ellipses laugh his face is too close in my face <laughs> He thinks so, too. No room to move. Had a fight. He wanted all the foods. Yes, he said foods. He was eating meat. Good. Tasty meat. I saw his face. Chewing. Eating. No meat for me. Looking tasty. His head looks tasty. Help. Can't move. Trapped. Not me. Me. Who is me? Help. Please help. Mayday. 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 It's Meat. it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like they're trying to make their own itchy tasty kind of. That's what that was. It was that was the four itchy tasty of this game. Mm. And it was like at first it's like doofy smart ass note, and then it's like this one's actually kind of okay because it's a it's a four itchy tasty tribute. Mm. I don't really mind it that that it is. That's that's fine. I'm just like you didn't need to have this smart ass snarky note that doesn't really. To me, it doesn't really match the tone of this diary. It's from the same character. Yeah. It's kind of weird. <laughs> the rest of them, there's like a couple other ones that I was like, 
this is in the game like some of them are like kind of stupid and then some of them are like really serious <laughs> it's just strange yeah um usually we talk about personal stories about this game i'm not i don't really have a personal story about this game all i just remember is when i had my 3ds and i was like oh shit i played resident evil deadly silence that was cool is is revelations gonna look cool and I, I bought the game and i was like oh this is amazing and i i literally played like the three chapters that i stopped because like i for, forgot what other game came out at that time but something else came out stole your attention yeah i was more uh, i was more for that than what revelations was what about you yeah uh i mean the only really personal story i have is uh i guess when i played this the console version of the game when it came out and uh how i spent a lot of time on raid mode and i played online with one of my friends a lot not a lot probably not as much as we could have but um that's the most I've ever played a an online RE game at any point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun when we when we played it together. Um, it's like that's why I said before, like if you can find somebody else to play this game with you and you guys get raid mode, you should do it because it's fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, so time for our lightning round uh, of the show here, uh, where we act like. A line of questionings and they're pretty simple and we get through it quickly so who do you prefer to play as and Rev- yeah same jill <laughs> i'll go first on this but what is your favorite boss and i know we made fun of it but i was kind of just like oh shit it's a tyrant but it has like special alien powers it's the tyrant with the the velcro guy veltro velcro velcro guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite boss um you? my favorite is probably the jessica ooze monster okay uh because it's like kind of creepy when it happens mm. and uh it's not just like a single boss fight it's like you you fight her a few times before you really do fight her and uh, the comms officer was kind of creepy because of these like, mayday, mayday. He's like repeating his shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, the Jack Norman psycho tyrant was good, even though it was like kind of ridiculous. Yeah. It was kind of a hard boss fight, too. I think I had to retry a couple times before I beat him. He kind of looks like the father from Resident Evil 7, Jack. Boy. Yeah. He doesn't call you boy, though. Yeah, welcome to the family, son. Yeah, or son, whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's my boss fight thoughts. Okay, favorite part of the game? Uh, Probably... Man, I think mostly when you're, like, exploring the ship with Jill, like, the for the first few chapters. Yes. Like, when you find, like, the big dining room area and shit it's like oh shit this is this is starting to feel like an old resident evil game with like these weird opulent areas that make no sense and shit yeah when you go to like the 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 room with the catering and stuff uh the dining room i always that kind of like is a similarity of like resident evil one when you go into the dining room in the mansion 
you have this huge room with this huge ass table but then you go into resident evil revelations and you have this huge ass room with a bunch of tables and stuff and you have all these stairs with all these monsters around it and i was like that's cool and i'm again i'm gonna agree with you everything with jill in the beginning of the game when you're in the ship again the narrow hallways uh, especially when one of the like big enemies that like cut their way through the walls and stuff i like that because that's what brings me back to old school resident evil um and i dig that part of the game every time they veered off with chris and and jessica and then the uh the comedic people um i was just like nah i i'll get through it just for the story but i want to get back to jill i was that was my goal every time yeah all right favorite weapons oh um you know the uh Machine guns in this game are pretty useful. Mm -hmm. uh, they came in handy more, I feel like, in this game than in others where they have that kind of a weapon. Mm -hmm. uh, just because of the way a lot of the enemies are in this game, they're like kind of slower. And some of them are more bullet spongy than others. So even to the point where sometimes like a shotgun doesn't feel as useful as it is in like in other games. Yeah, the shotguns didn't have like a kick um compared to the old games uh i dig most of the handguns in this game like i was very big on the magnum panthem and the obviously the jill samurai edge um but like other guns like the marauder was cool um the machine gun p90 is cool yeah um very a lot of varieties in this game there's, yeah, there's a wide variety of weapons compared to uh, even, like, I guess, RE5 almost. There's more weapons in this game than that, mm -hmm. which is cool, especially when you play raid mode. There's, like, a bunch. I like Parker's axe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty cool weapon. Kind yeah. Fuck axe. Mm -hmm. All right. What? I don't remember. Was there a rank at the end? Did you get a rank? There wasn't a rank that I can recall. Yeah. Uh, maybe there was, and I just forgot. But, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just kind of, like, brushed off my head. I was like, got through this game. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like it was a chore, but I was like, I'm done with this. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um. One thing before we get to the final countdown here, and that's when we rank all um, where we put our Resident Evil Revelations or whatever changes that we have to our rankings, we, we talk about it. Jessica being the like triple agent and stuff. What was she doing with Chris? Was she trying to like infiltrate Chris to be like I'm flirting with you so that I could steal information, or was it like flirting to get on her, uh, get Chris on their side? I think it was just flirting to have like a personality, mm. like oh Jessica, she's like a fucking kind of an airhead flirt you know she could never be a triple agent or whatever the fuck mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh i think that's all that was it was just an act yeah because she um she she kept on bringing like oh what's your feelings with jill and i was like what is happening here <laughs> like like are they gonna fuck in the mountains like what's happening <laughs> chris doesn't fuck anything except zombies with bullets 
No, he, the only thing he fucks is boulders. <laughs> fucks boulders with his fists. Yes. <laughs> um. Also, what's with her wetsuit? Why is it missing a leg? I don't know. It's fucking weird. <laughs> like, I guess it's supposed to be that sexy, but it's like, I don't mean they make wetsuits that don't have legs at all. How is that sexy? <laughs> I don't know. It's just Japanese it's developers being like, we want to show legs. <laughs> I mean, Rachel was a hotter character. She she had a full. She had all her clothes on. Yes. You just couldn't see her face. Mm hmm. <laughs> it had like a thing around her thing, like a tentacle, or whatever. Yeah. All right. Final countdown. So I don't know if you made big changes on yours, but where did you put revelations on your list? I'm going to tell you after I say this, because I have one more minor note about this game that just doesn't fit in anywhere else. Okay. And it's the music. Um, yes. The music is, it felt kind of generic and flat. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be atmospheric at times, but at other times it just felt like orchestral stuff. <laughs> Like, you know how, like, a lot of games have kind of gone to having, like, orchestral soundtracks? And sometimes, honestly, for most of the time, this is my opinion, it just doesn't sound distinct enough. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, this is another orchestral track. That's cool, I guess, if that's what you want to do. <laughs> um, there was, like, some of the Rainbow music's cool. The main menu track and the, the boss fight with Tyrant Norman. Those are, like, the standouts. Mm -hmm. That's kind of it, though. What I think about the music, every time I think about Resident Evil music, and obviously within the game is good, but because this game didn't have a save room, I always, I'm the biggest mark when it comes to save room music. When I hear Resident Evil 1 and when I hear Resident Evil 2 save room music, and even Village, by the way. Village has that touch of a save music when you get to the safe room area. Yeah. I dig that. That's their trademark. And they should always stick to that. And every time they veer off of that, but like they're trying to be a little different, they're trying to be more westernized than anything, is when they lose their trademark. And they need to stop doing that. Yeah. But what is your your list? Okay, so the list so far is Resident Evil 1 Remake at number 1, RE2 98 at 2, RE2 Remake at number 3, RE4 at 4, RE3 at 5, the 99 original, uh, RE1 at 6, uh, Resident Evil 3 Remake at 7. I think I bumped it up a little bit actually compared to before. Um, Village at 8 uh, Code Veronica at 9 and Revelations is at 10 behind Code Veronica uh, then it's Resident Evil 5 at 11 uh, Survivor at 12 uh, 0 at 13 and then there's some blank spaces mm. and then I got Resident Evil Dead Aim at 16 and then Resident Evil 6 is at the bottom at 18 okay so I've made a change. If, last episode, um, the game episode, uh, which was Re Resident Evil Village, um, I was high on that game. I was like, 
This is the first time I'm gonna make a new Resident Evil game to be number one, my favorite game of all time. I let that brew and it is not, I've done a change. I've done an, an executive change in my list. Uh, and the reason why is when I played that game, keep in mind, I wasn't a big fan of Resident Evil 7. I dig that they tried to go back and um, tried to make it all scary and survival horror and they've done that um, but there's a lot of problems with seven so when i played eight i was like holy crap this is awesome like they fixed what i hate about seven and made eight great and i was uh a fan of it but i changed my mind um and based off of what you talked about the story and stuff where it's just like it's kind of wonky in a way um, and with the Ethan character is kind of like, I get what they're trying to do, but Ethan is weird in my opinion now. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've changed it. So I'm going to go through my list here at number one, I'm putting back Resident Evil three. That's my favorite game of all time. The original Resident Evil three. Number two, I have blank. Number three, I have Resident Evil two remake. Number four, I have Resident Evil two, 1998. Number five, I have Resident Evil one. Number six, I have Resident Evil 1 Remastered. Number seven, I have Resident Evil 3 Remake. At number eight, I have Resident Evil Code Veronica. At number nine is where I put Resident Evil Village. So it's under all the old school pretty much besides the remake and, and the Resident Evil 3 Remake. At number 10, I have Resident Evil Zero. At number 11, I have Resident Evil 4. At number 12, I have Resident Evil Survivor. At number 13, I have Resident Evil Dead Aim. At number 14, I have Resident Evil Revelations. Uh, at number 15, I have Resident Evil 5. 16, I have blank. Resident Evil 6, I have at 17. And then I have blank at 18. Um, so that is my list. Um, I'm actually have a clear conscience now that I don't have Village at number one. And it's not because I was peer pressured by anyone. It's just that at the time, I thought it was amazing. Keep in mind, we were through a pandemic where not a lot of games were coming out. Everything was being delayed. So having uh, that game come out was like kind of big for me. And it was Resident Evil. So I was hype on that. Um, but I, my opinions change most of the time. I'm pretty sure this list will be different in about 10 to 15 years when I get older. Because <laughs> the things things do change. Uh, but that is the final countdown here. Uh, eventually when we do exceed all our Resident Evil games that we play. And let's just say if Resident Evil goes through a drought. We will give a final ranking between me and you. Where we'll debate the final list. Uh, but at this moment that's both of our list. Uh, and I guess the next game we are tackling is Revelations 2, right? That's right. This oh. time it's not on a boat. It's on a, an island. Yes. Again. And I'm going to make a dis an executive decision. I'm going to give us the whole month of February to play the game. And then March, like the beginning of March, we'll pretty much do the episode. Does that sound fair? Sounds good to me. Okay. So... Keep an eye out in March as far as um, the Revelations 2 uh, review that we're going to talk about here. 
But before I sign off and everything, do you have any final uh, final thoughts? Um, not really. This game's pretty pretty good. It would be worth playing if you're a pretty hardcore fan, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly a kind of a middle, lower middle pack game to me. Yeah. It's... I... It's going to be a light recommendation because I think if you want to have the full picture of the whole Resident Evil world, you need to play this game because you do get side stories of the BSAA uh, and what Jill and Chris are doing before they hence to Dispenser Mansion in that DLC for Resident Evil 5. So if you want that stuff, you have it there and it's 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 a cheap game. Like every sale that happens, you can get Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2 for like maybe $20 for both of them. And that's a good deal. Um, so I, I do recommend it as far as a light recommendation. But if you're that type of person, like I just want the main story where it's like 1 through 8 then obviously, no, this is not going to be your game. But me and you being a Resident Evil fanatic and a fan, we're definitely going to be playing it. For God's sake, I'm buying Gaiden again. I haven't played that game in a long time. I've never played it. Yeah, I, I played it. Short story. I, I actually played that when uh, I was on vacation because I was mad that I was gone on vacation because I wanted to be <laughs> with my PlayStation. Uh, yeah. so, so I was only able to bring my Game Boy, uh, and I bought Gaiden. Well, I, my parents bought Gaiden for me, and, and I beat the whole game on vacation. So <laughs> cool. Yeah. So when we do uh, when we do eventually talk about it, I do definitely have a pers uh, personal story for that. <laughs> um, but any other thing before we sign off? Um. No, I uh, don't know what's coming up in the future. I guess I, everything seems to point to Resident Evil 4 Remake probably being the next game to come out. But yeah. there's still no concrete information on it yet. Well, when eventually Rebirth comes out, I it's, mean, I have no idea. But <laughs> if it does come out, because we both got it for free with Village, um we'll definitely have some type of stream for it maybe where we will play it me and you yeah i guess um because i i i am kind of like wondering how that's gonna be um but yeah soon i think we're gonna be hearing about resident evil 4 um remake and if nick apostolitis is leon again maybe we might get him back once it's official um just so that we could interview him and see what's going on. I'll, I'll throw out the invite to him. If he does hear this somehow. We invite you buddy. We uh, we missed you on the, la the last time we... Dude it's been... What was it? Two years now? It's been two years. Yeah it's two years since we had that interview. So I, I think we owe Nick another interview at some point. So hopefully when that news hits. We'll be able to talk to him and get some... Uh, Get some news about it. Whatever he's able to talk about. Maybe uh, I feel like he's going to be able to say very little about it. Until oh yeah. Releases. Yeah. So. Um. But I'm sure I'm. I'll find a way that we could talk to him. Something else or something. Uh, because it's been two years. Uh. But anyway. 
I kind of want to throw this out to the people that do watch us and listen to us. I know you, you're out there because we have over 3,000 downloads on our Nemesis project. And there's people watching our YouTube. Um, if you guys want to be part of the show in some way, or if you have any suggestions as far as what you want to see on a Nemesis project, please comment in YouTube or follow me on Twitter at JoeDubs35. And whether you want to DM me or whether you want to tweet me at JoeDubs35 and do the hashtag Nemesis Project, I want to hear your opinions. I want to hear you uh, what you think about our show. I want to hear about what you want to see on the channel as far as the Nemesis Project. And also your, your opinions on Revelations as well. Uh, do you agree with our uh, assessment of Revelations? If you have a different assessment, we would love to hear that. And we will probably at some point, um, if you do respond, we'll say it in our next episode, whatever we're doing. We'll give you a shout yeah. out. Um, but I think we'll sign it off here. Um, if you want to catch more of Nemesis Project, obviously we're on YouTube. Uh, we're also on Spotify, Red Circle, Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, uh, if you have Alexa, if you have anything that has a podcast feeder or uh, wh whatever you listen on the podcast, just type in the Nemesis Project. We are there. But until next time, everybody, we'll see you next time on the Nemesis Project. Peace.